we rely on our memories for the things that happen, but like so many things happen around us and we have blind spots uh, and gaps. And so by acknowledging all of those moments, we are automatically building richer memories in a way for our future. And so to me, it was something that I didn't expect in the beginning. Data Stories is brought to you by Click, who allows you to explore the hidden relationships within your data that lead to meaningful insights. Let your instincts lead the way to create personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards with ClickSense, which you can download for free at click.de slash datastories. That's Q-L-I-K dot D-E slash datastories. Data Story 64, another project episode. Hi, Enrico. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Excellent. And today we're talking about the lovely Dear Data project with uh, Stephanie Posavec. Hi, Stephanie. Hello. And Georgia Lupi. Hi. Hi, Georgia. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Great to have you. It was about time. Yeah. I mean, both <laughs> of you have been on the show already, like years ago <laughs> and now <laughs> you're always up to new things i know both of you are really busy with with cool projects and the most uh, famous one right now i would say is the dear data project that you started together uh, roughly a year ago and which has kept you occupied pretty much of this year as well uh, and uh, yeah so we we knew we wanted to talk about it it's a great project a very unusual one and a very uh Just a super interesting one. And I'll try to explain it in a few words, right? And you can expand on that or correct me um, uh, if I'm wrong. So the project is for the two of you to get to know each other basically through data and through specifically through postcards that you draw. You share a topic for each week. Let's say a week of the books you own or a week of apologies or a week of distractions. And both of you track data related to that topic and then put it on a postcard and send it to the other person, right? Yeah, you did really well. <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so you have been doing this already for a full year and you published already 46 of these. So we're in the final stretches of this really marathon project where you have been busy uh, tracking data, drawing data, going to the post office, getting more stamps and uh, sending postcards around the world, right? And yeah, yeah, we're almost done for now. <laughs> <laughs> for the first edition. So for the um, first edition. as you know, we have for the project episodes always pretty much the same set of questions. And the first one we would like to ask you is, Why did you start the project? Like, how did it come about? Like, why? What? What did you want to achieve? Like, how, why and how did it come about? Um, oh, I, well, I'll just say that the project um, came about. It really just came about over a beer. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'll just set the scene, and then Georgia can get into it. But um, uh, we uh, only met a couple of times before we started the project, and so we met at IO, uh, the IO festival. It held in Minneapolis at the Walker Arts Center every summer. And um, so, yeah, the second time we met, um, we started drinking and started talking and, and kind of came up with this idea that we wanted to collaborate with each other. Um, and Georgia will 
go into more detail. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because if you know our work, uh, you also know that we share a lot of like professional similarities. We uh, we love drawing with data. We both have a very handcrafted approach to data visualization. We love to produce very customized visuals with data. And um, yeah, we, we definitely thought that it would be nice to collaborate. And right after we came back home uh, in our cities, because I live in New York and Stephanie lives in London, we uh, started started a pretty intense email exchange over the summer and we uh, conceived I guess over two months the concept for the project so we started by um, throwing possibilities out and um, understanding how we could draw together with data since I live in New York and Stephanie lives in London and I guess that we took the biggest constraint as an asset and the idea of hand drawing data postcards and sending it across the ocean it sounded fun I guess. Yeah and I, I also think that another part of it is just that because we're very similar um I think a lot of it is also navigating like ways to work together without stepping on each other's toes where <laughs> we each had this autonomy, but we were doing things together. So this kind of back, uh, we each managed the domain of our own postcard and then swapped them. Seemed like a nice way for us to, to collaborate and, you know, still be able to do everything we wanted to do individually as well. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, Maurice, you were asking what we wanted to achieve in a way with the project. Um, I guess that we both wanted to see if we were able to talk about data to a wider audience. So to speak to people who are not designers, who are not data geeks, and maybe even not artists. So trying to see if a more human approach to data and data visualization and the idea that we're using personal data and drawings could open uh, the, yeah, the possibility to talk about data to a wider audience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And why did you uh, like go specifically for postcards, like and, and the paper medium? I mean, you could have also used emails, basically. <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like email is cheating, but <laughs> um, but I mean, I think that just going with paper and pencils it suited our analog approach. Like, um, I know Georgia always will. I mean, talk about her love of drawing and working through a concept um, by hand using pencil. And I often do a lot of my data gathering by hand. And so um, it seemed natural that we would uh, work on a project that um, kind of amplified this part of our process. And so it, it just made sense to go the whole nine yards uh, to do that. Yeah, it was really the decisions to go extreme and to limit ourselves, but also the slowness of the data transmissions across the ocean and the slowness of the really the process of drawing the data uh, reflects the idea that we wanted to show that spending time with your data is a way to better understand it as a practitioner because I guess it also um, I know we all everybody are into self-tracking uh, I know you and Rico are and we wanted to <laughs> explore our uh, how do you know well you know I, I just know you <laughs> like you know how also uh, we can add more human nuance to the digital and passive, you know, data gathering about ourselves. So we wanted really to investigate how we can add meaning um, to our personal data by covering from the one hand um, a wide range of topics, like 52 topics that are not only activities, but also really to uh, gather those data in a more manual and in those slow way. And like after that, of course, the 
uh, paper medium and the hand drawing seem the uh, perfect, you know, uh, mm. Yeah, the perfect end for that. Yeah, I think it's very interesting how you set up this really strong constraint system. Like, you know, the whole project has really this these very clear, like, playing rules. Like, you know, everything is in the weekly rhythm. It needs to be a postcard. On the front, you have the image. On the back, you have the legend. So it's actually quite strict, right? It's like you're serious in, in the format. And then you explore all this variety in the actual design that goes into this format. Yeah, I, I feel that um, those constraints were necessary to even make the project happen, just because um, otherwise, I don't know if I would ever, if I would be able to get the drawing done every every week. Like, it's good to have constraints to work in um, when you're dealing with such an intensive deadline. So, so how how did you decide to to create visualizations based on personal data? So was that part of the original idea or, I don't know, is something that came afterwards? I mean, we definitely didn't exactly know what we wanted to do when we first started to decide that we wanted to collaborate. But the more that we talked over emails, the more we were really compelled about the fact that we didn't know each other, but we have really a lot of similarities. We also, Enrico, we have personal similarities because, as you know, we are both expats in our, we are the same age. We're both only yeah, children. Yeah, sure. So we, you know, we really share a lot of um, personal similarities and we didn't know each other. And at the same time, we had the same professional approach. And it sounded like that covering a wide aspect, like snapshots of our personalities through our personal data, uh, it was a good way to get to know each other. Um, and so, and also really to explore how you can get to know a person and get to know yourself better through, uh, through data, of course. And yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I say um, some of the other themes that we were talking about at the beginning of the project when we were thinking about it. And I guess this goes back into the, the whole, why are we doing postcards? Uh, why, why did we choose that format? Is that, you know, for centuries, artists sketch the world around them. You know, they sketch what they see um, and they create still lifes or snatched drawings of, of you know, people walking past them or, or, or whatever. And so we're kind of doing the same thing. We're capturing uh, the life that happens around us. But in our digital age, that includes the data, um, the data that um, kind of is everywhere in our lives. And so that's like another another thing that we can respond to as people who draw, um, people who create things. Yeah, and just to add to what Stephanie said, um, again, the idea that this lowness and the forced reflection that is required by the postcard um, is really a way to spend time with each other because spending time with our personal data to deliver it as a gift uh, to the other person yeah, is yeah. our way mm -hmm. of saying, I'm thinking about you. I'm just like really spending time to get yeah. to, to do something for you. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a super important idea. I remember, I think some time ago there was a something like a blog post by Stephen Few on the um, slow data of movement or something along these lines. And I think it's really important to just be aware of the fact that we need to spend more time understanding what is behind data and shouldn't be shouldn't be super fast. It's not the way it works. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a really, really important concept. Um, so how, how, how did the design process work? How did you decide each time what to draw? So, and, and was there some synchronization between you or you were totally free to design whatever you wanted for the specific topic you 
agreed to work on? Um, I mean, the only place where we were in, uh, we were synchronized with each other. The only thing that we both had was the topic for the week. And then everything else was our own decision from, um, yeah, from the drawing to the, from the data gathering to the, to the drawing. So, I mean, if there are ever drawings that look very similar, that's just like a, um, this natural kind of coincidence or serendipity that that happens. Um, but I think like, I think it changes every single week. Um, so some weeks you might feel like you, uh, care more about the legibility. Other times you might just be using the data as an input to generate a drawing or, and then maybe another week you might, um, explore like using a visual metaphor or maybe another week just working with materials that, uh, and some nice pens that you bought. Um, I think like one thing about this project is that, um, that, that we've both discussed is that in the beginning, I think, um, I, like I was definitely more rigid in trying, uh, thinking, what will the internet say about <laughs> my drawing? Will they judge me? But then like, as you move through that, like as we move through the weeks, um, I think we saw it as a, a space to be experimental and to learn from. And so, you know, the, our intentions and our focus probably changed every week with every topic. But you gathered the data during the week and then you sat down and drew the postcard like on Sunday morning or afternoon or how did this practically work? Or did you carry the, the postcard with you the whole week? No, I, also the format of the data gathering and the drawing was pretty rigid. And so we would gather the data from a Monday to a Sunday. Then mm -hmm. we let the data sink in a bit while we start tracking another kind of, another typology of data for the week number two, for example. And then the following weekend, we would draw our postcards. And so the, the idea was really to be able to send it to the other person by Monday. Monday morning. So I would normally draw yeah. on Saturday mornings because I'm just really crazy because I want to have things done ahead. Well, I guess Stephanie was drawing more on I, I draw very Sunday late. evenings. And Sunday, Monday, Monday, Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> so how long does it take to draw one? Oh, <laughs> so when you're very Days, lucky hours. that you kind of like find immediately the key to understand your data and the categorization of your data and the very first idea for the drawing practically works, I guess that when you are lucky, it takes a couple of hours, I guess, when you're okay, really not yeah. lucky and you have to waste postcards and to bang your head against the wall. It can take <laughs> up to, I don't know, I say five or six hours and but you know another important thing that we learned is that then you have to get one postcard sent and so you have to get it done you can't say no oh my god yeah. i'm just like really postponing it and procrastinating it since forever you have to get it done and so ultimately and you know in the end and eventually you will draw something and you will also embrace that probably is not the best output that you've ever made but it's just something that you made it you know this is a good time to talk about our sponsor this week. So once again, Data Stories is brought to you by Click, who allow you to explore the hidden relationships within your data that lead to meaningful insights. Let your instincts lead the way to create personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards with ClickSense, which you can download for free at click.de slash data stories. That's Q-L-I-K dot D-E slash data stories. And you know, last time we talked about the great data literacy post they have up on their blog, and now there's a new uh, blog post. And this one is a bit more fun and games, and it asks, what chart are you? 
and uh, you can take a little embedded quiz and answer a few personal questions and then you can find out which visualization best fits your personality and uh, yeah for me it was the scatter plot i don't know what that tells about my p potentially very scattered personality but you should try out uh, yourself what chart type you are and let us know and uh, the url is of course in the show notes and um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I had a bit of fun with that quiz. So thanks again for Click for the continued support. It's really great that they keep supporting us. And uh, as I said, you can find out more at click.de slash data stories. That's Q-L-I-K dot D-E slash data stories. And now back to the show. So how accurate is what you draw with respect to the, to the data set? Is it one-to-one -one or you see what I mean? I mean... You have to draw with your hands exactly ah. what is in your data. So is it a one-to-one -one matching or I mean, it takes a lot of time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of the things are countable. So I think, yeah. right? So you went for a lot of things where you can basically count. This is the number of smiles or the number of curses, yeah. you know? So it, I think that makes it easier, right? Yeah. Yes. It was definitely geared towards analog rendering. And I mean... I don't know, like if you ever look at my postcards, you would realize over the weeks that I started <laughs> to come up with drawings that required less and less me measurement. So like things that I could like, like big blobs of marker that I could just kind of throw down. So I think you're drawing, yeah, you are working with the fact that you are an imperfect human and are coming up with visual solutions that um, work well with the fact that you're an imperfect human. Mm. So. <laughs> So practically speaking, how did you like acquire the data? Did you um, did you have a clicker in your pocket, <laughs> or did you have a notebook <laughs> or iPhone apps? I know Nicholas Felton; he moved really from notebooks over Excel to his own custom-made iPhone app. Like, what what was what was your process? More analog? Like, tell us a bit about how you how you actually tracked yourself over the week. Um, I, I feel like we might have different processes here. So I'd be curious to know Georgia's first because I actually don't totally know what she does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that, uh, so just to make it straight, uh, in the first week we decided that we would have collected, like before starting the data, we decided that we would have collected our data manually, like hand drawing and writing our data in our Moleskine. But after, I guess, like three days, we texted each other and we realized that it was just insane. And so we started to use digital tools as, for example, just noting down on our notes uh, app, both in the iPhone and in the Mac when we were at computer, or also Evernote. And we, of course, also uh, used um, Reporter app so what I most of the times ended up doing was mixing up different techniques, like writing my note of Evernote while on my phone, uh, sometimes writing them on paper if it was easier and then waiting for the proper time to, you know, just like log it digitally. Or I'm just like thinking right now, even sometimes telling my boyfriend, remember, I have to log this thing as soon as I get home. Like, especially <laughs> when you're... You this for me? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because like in the, in the freezing winter in New York last year, when sometimes I like, just couldn't take off my gloves to write on my phone. So there has been also some relying on memories. Um, right, and right. Just, just to close on that, on my perspective, I found out that the different annotating tools that we use, like being your Moleskine or Evernote or tracking apps influence 
influenced uh, the data gathering. So, for example, it's if you would use Reporter, you have to set up specific questions for the data collection at the beginning of the week, and then you would answer to this question with your logs. And I guess that it brings to different results than jotting down our logs about the topic and then finding data afterwards. So it's also interesting how the data gathering, in a way, influence uh, the, the, the collection. But Stephanie, please elaborate on that. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, I think it did definitely influence the collection because I think if you look at um, the difference between mine and Georgia's data, you would see that hers is incredibly detailed, whereas mine is quite <laughs> quite simple. But I think, um, but I think it's because we um, get well, we gather data differently. So um, I would set up questions in the beginning. Um, and then I would, I would generally use an app. Um, so I would often use reporter, although I did sometimes use a notebook, but I, um, liked gathering data where I could do it, uh, where it was second nature, where I wouldn't even realize I was doing it. So I found it was easier to set up questions beforehand. So sometimes that means that like, I might not have asked the right questions. Um, but, um, but I mean, every week's every week's an experiment. It's That's all again the thing, right? <laughs> you have only one shot per week, but then you have fifty weeks. So even if one week didn't yeah, go quite well, yeah. then the next one is coming right up. So yeah. <laughs> so you you did this for a full year now. Not all is published, but you are finished already. Can I ask you like a really central question? Like, what, what's what's the most like the newest thing you've learned, the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself or maybe about the other person or about the world? <laughs> wow, there are so many things. That's a big one. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it like as for the data, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we didn't really kind of like consider Dear Data as a self-improvement project in the first place, but I guess that it turned out to be sort of uh, one of this kind for mm -hmm. me. Uh, with Stephanie and I, we've been talking and we kind of like shared this thing that we learned to pay attention. So to be really incredibly more aware of your surroundings, mm -hmm. of the people you interact with every day, of your behaviors in the way really that you relate to other people in a way that if you don't count all of these activities, you just can't be as much as aware. And also the thing that we rely on our memories for the things that happen, but like so many things happen around us and we have blind spots uh, and gaps. Sometimes we can't even answer the simplest question like where I was last week at this time. But And so by acknowledging all of those moments, we are automatically building richer memories in a way for our future. And so to me, the idea that counting helps you be more aware, more in the present, but also helps you remember things more vividly as it was something that I didn't expect in the beginning, for example. It's something maybe we can call data mindfulness or something <laughs> along these lines. You just made up an idea. Data mindfulness. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, just invented I, I, a new scientific field. I, this is what he does. Yeah, we should totally yeah, <laughs> develop it further. <laughs> no, but I, I have to say that I, I do collect some personal data myself, and uh, it's the same for me. I It just makes me much more aware of what I'm doing. So I think it's a good exercise in general. Steph, how about you? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I was... Oh, okay. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I think um, basically what everything that Georgia said, I, d I definitely think it does make you more aware and it makes you notice. Although I did also know notice that like on some week, you know, there's some type of data that you do gather that actually prevents you from 
from living in the moment. Um, I always bring up like our week of laughter as mm-hmm. a particularly difficult week because <laughs> it meant that you couldn't actually enjoy uh, enjoy laughing with your friends right, or like right. going out and having a drink because you always had to gather. So it's all about fine tuning <laughs> that balance, you know, figuring out where that balance is. But um, I think um, another thing, uh, yeah, this idea of noticing and um, being on, it's, it's this idea of being honest, um, that, I, that where you, I ha- have never felt like I, I, I sometimes feel quite shy. I know I talk about my work, but I, I don't tell people very much about my life. And so this has been a really interesting exercise in the fact that you're gathering data about your life. So you have to be honest about your life and it forces you both to reveal more about your life to people than you probably would otherwise. And then also forces you to be honest to yourself about the data you're gathering. Like we had a week of negative thoughts or a week of envy. And because we were gathering data and we needed to gather it, honestly, we really had to confront like these kind of dark thoughts in our head, like straight on. So that was interesting. So it was basically a year long therapy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. (laughs) A year long overseas therapy. But I mean, I think it's very interesting what Stephanie just said, because if you think about it, well, okay, we started your data just by sharing our data between the two of us, but then we made it public and, you know, people responded to that. And like on social media, we tend to share, of course, only our best selves to the world, you know, just like (laughs) your most amazing moment. Right, but right, the truth yeah. is that really, I guess, that the uh, biggest connection to the other people that are receiving what you're saying happen when you actually show that you're vulnerable, that you mm-hmm. are weak, that you are geeky, that you are just a human being. And I guess that that is what's, what people like the most. And I guess that that is a huge part of why that project resonates to people uh, mm-hmm. because it's, you know, yeah, I guess I guess so. So I have one last question. So this has been a very successful project. Can you tell us a little bit about how the project was received and uh, how did people react? Uh, I know that some people even try to kind of like do the same thing (laughs) and repeat your project. So I'm pretty sure you have some interesting stories there. Can you share some of this? I mean, well... Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I mean, Georgia manages the, the Dear Data email account. So she definitely, oh, okay. um, received, receives lots of really great feedback from people. But I think, uh, I mean, the, it's just, we've just had so much positive feedback, both within our community and out of it. And like, one of the nicest things that I like is when people, uh, come up and they say, Oh, I count people who are not data visualization within the, the community who come up and say, Oh, I collect and I count things about myself and I didn't realize other people did too. And I'm so happy that I'm not crazy or my daughter does the same thing. And she always thought she was a little bit weird, but now I'll tell her that there are other women doing the same thing. So things like that, like it, it, it creates a connection with other people. That's what I really like. Yeah. Same here. And we, uh, I think that we, yeah, we talked about that, Stephanie. Uh, it's, it's also nice that people, yeah, they really send us email to say how much they love the project. And we are still very surprised about that. Um, also, the fact that people would take time to write us just to say how much they liked it. And also commenting on specific details and saying that they are getting to know us as well. 
Um, and also when people tweet us or write us, they use adjectives and words that you would hardly relate to a data-driven project because mm-hmm. they all use adjectives such as like refreshing, wholesome, delicate, absorbing, um, yeah, uh, even lovely. <laughs> you know, if you think about, you know, this is a very data-driven project. So if you think about it, it's pro- it's surprising that they would use those adjectives. And also one of the things that really impressed me the most is that we received three or four emails from high school teacher that they are using the Dear Data format to um, explain their students, like their teenage students, how to work with data. And that is is nice. So just like really to, it was something that we told in the beginning to achieve the fact that we can show that data is not scary and you don't necessarily have to be a statistician or an expert or a programmer to just start to think in data and to have a more data-oriented mindset in a way. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's great about the project that, that it transcends this classical data visualization frame, you know, both in the medium, but also in the content and, and the general approach. And this, as you say, this can open so many doors for people who think they're not into data and then they see your work and they realize maybe, yeah, I'm totally into data. <laughs> you know? So final question, Georgia, um, if somebody wanted to start a similar project, what tip would you actually give them? Is there anything you would change if you could go back? Or what was the biggest challenge? What did you underestimate? Or is there anything you would have liked to try it out that you didn't get around to? Any tips for, for anyone I else? see. I mean, I will answer on a positive side. And so not touching upon what I would change. But, you know, I, I, I think that like the first advice that I would say is really just like try to have a sort of like side project when there is no client judging you, nor is really looking over your shoulder because I know that we are all busy, but we can make a little time to try things, to take risks and explore hunches. Uh, and that for us is really being sort of like your R&D sandbox for our work because we've been really forced to invent new visual models. And that is something that I would really, uh, really, really, it's, it's not that everybody should start drawing their data, but like experiment with something <laughs> that is more uh, not on-demand work. First of all, I would, I would really, uh, would really, really suggest that. But also what we realized the most is that the collaboration aspect was definitely, definitely important to make both stick to the project because we... Uh, yeah, we have been holding each other accountable and pushing each other forward every week. And mm-hmm. the fact that we weren't friends in the beginning, but we were two people who respected each other for the body of work that we've been doing, it really helped us being committed to the project. And, you know, we didn't want to let the other people down. We actually wanted to impress each other. And we've really been finding it incredibly <laughs> important to stay committed. Yeah. So the, the tip would be to, if you do a side project, do it together and set up some rules. I mean, right? it, I mean, Rick and Morris, isn't the same with your podcast? I mean, what if... Exactly. No, exactly. Well, yeah, I think, absolutely. Yeah. Like each one of us would probably have like stopped the whole project, you know, already five times. <laughs> but because it's two of us, we need to keep going. Like how yeah, could, yeah, how yeah, could we not? Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. That's, that's exactly the point. So, so great to have you. Uh, I would encourage everybody to go to dear-data.com and check out all the postcards are there. And if people, if you click read more on each week, you get a long description actually of what 
the week was like for you and how you approached the topic. So the, the website is really a treasure chest of, of lots of drawings and sketches and thoughts. And I think if you read all 52 postcards, you will get to know Georgia and Steph quite well as well. So that's that's another reward. A lot of little facets from their lives. Um, yeah, it's a lovely project, lovely site. Uh, check it out at theadata.com. Yeah, thanks for making it happen. It's, it's, it's a lovely, lovely project. Thank you for having us. It was really Thank a pleasure. You. Thanks for coming. Bye. 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 Hey guys, thanks for listening to Data Stories again. Before you leave, we have a request. If you can spend a couple of minutes rating us on iTunes, that would be extremely helpful for the show. I also want to give you some information on the many ways you can get news directly from us. We are, of course, on Twitter at twitter.com slash datastories. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast, And we now also have a newsletter. So if you want to get news directly into your inbox, go to our homepage, datastory.es, and look for the link that you find on the right. One last thing I want to tell you is that we love to get in touch with our listeners, especially if you want to suggest way to improve the show, amazing people you want us to invite, or projects you want us to talk about. So do get in touch with us. That's all for now. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Data Stories. Data Stories is brought to you by Click, who allows you to explore the hidden relationships within your data that lead to meaningful insights. Let your instincts lead the way to create personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards with ClickSense, which you can download for free at click.de slash datastories. That's Q-L-I-K dot D-E slash datastories.